The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And, and we're, we're the, the good, good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. Well, we were talking about undershirts and then jumped straight to Hitler, but I do want to start with undershirts. <laughs> we have Craig Conover on the podcast. Fortunate enough to call him a, a great friend. Yeah. Came on last minute which I guess I didn't need to tell you guys, but Craig is here. We're really excited to have him. Star of Southern Charm, star of Sewing Down South. Any Anything else we're plugging early? Not early. I think organically. We're organically, just, we, we'll, 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 just, we'll, we'll thread it we'll through. But, it. but Craig was talking about how he throws on a sweater last minute, doesn't wear undershirts. Yeah. I don't wear undershirts either. I think they're disgusting. I, on top of undershirts, I don't wear underwear. That's gross. So now- I so <laughs> you have just to throw away honest. the shares. I'm just being honest. After high school, I had such a terrible experience of I don't think my mom really splurged on stuff. Like she bought like the cheapest socks, yeah. cheapest boxers, cheapest, which I mean, she was a school teacher. She didn't know any better. So I had such a bad experience of boxers like riding up on me in high school that when the, when I got to college, if I was wearing jeans, I just I just didn't wear underwear. So you're currently no underwear. No judgment. No. I'm just asking. But then I washed, uh, like, I'm a single-use jeans guy. No, no, no. That That is really that is really unbelievable. It takes such self-confidence and a perfect <laughs> physique to be able to walk around without underwear. Josh, can you fucking imagine walking around with no underwear? I ha- have no opportunity to have my underwear grip my hips. There's nothing <laughs> between... The jeans in your teeth, it's insanity. I don't think you having, just for the listeners, Craig's popping open a spritz right now, having a delicious alcoholic beverage as we pop. Oh, that is. Passion fruit's good, right? That is good. Nice, right? Yeah, new flavor. I don't think you have to have a perfect body to not wear underwear. Because I, I, I've seen plenty of fat, fat fatties who, who don't wear underwear. I just think it's a life choice. And I think we need to be okay with the <laughs> fact that we have high-tech fabric and that, Craig, you are rich, 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 rich. And that we can we can fix this. We can fix this trauma. Yeah, I, I think I need some advice because Josh's reaction wasn't great. You know, he was like, that is gross. <laughs> it's weird. No, I'm not gonna lie. It's very bizarre. Like we're we're all friends. With suit pants, I wear like compression briefs or like at the gym. Have you tried just the general cotton brief? No. So that I think would be more comfortable for Maybe you. I understand like journey. like a boxer short with jeans. It's very uncomfortable. No, that's crazy. You can't go, you can't go around like You're that. You're like an that's extra crazy. in the movie Clueless if you walk around like that. <laughs> it's yeah. too much. And then the tidy whitey is not possible. And the compression, I feel similarly about compressions. You can't wear compressions unless you're incredibly fit. Like I can't, compressions just sit below my belly. I can't get them up. I like I like wearing something that I can pull up. I think, like a, I think we just have to be okay with that. We all have our things from our past, but we can correct said behaviors. I was watching Emma Stone and Bradley Cooper were doing that like actors on actors thing during award season. So like Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy did one. And I love Emma Stone for this. And obviously I was always a fan of her as an actor, but I didn't really know much about her. And Bradley Cooper's talking and he does this like actory thing of closing his eyes as he's like pontificating about something. <laughs> and Emma Stone goes, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, sorry, I just realized in my older age, I think more easily with my eyes closed. And she goes, <laughs> you need to stop that now. <laughs> we can fix this, babe. Like, and I was like, good for you, Emma. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not against like growing and evolving. And maybe that's like next on my list. 
is dressing more like an adult. Is this, is it a public, is it like, did you break this news on this podcast where people know you don't wear underwear? Uh, years prior, it was spoken about, but it hasn't been spoken about in years. So Just because I be... feel like this is a really great opportunity to get a fat fucking check from like <laughs> me on these <laughs> or Calvin Klein. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I mean, it's, it's authentic. Yeah, I mean, it's I real. Really... You really don't wear underwear? For the no. right price, I really don't wear underwear either. <laughs> and then I'll start wearing underwear. Josh, you don't wear underwear, right? Never have, never At this will. Point. I fucking hate all underwear except for whoever. Yeah, who are we going after? Who do you check. guys wear? I went from Calvin Klein okay. to Amazon. I think it's called Girdlin. Gir no, a girdle. Gardlin. Girdle. It's a girdle. It's no. called. It's called. It's called gir Girdlin. <laughs> Girdlin. It's like balling, but for uh, the bigger boys. No, Craig, and no, don't I get me wrong. Nice. You are uh, wonderfully dressed. I mean, you you literally look like a catalog model right now in the best way. <laughs> High end catalog. You. Like you're very stylish. Well, you guys, you guys both look great, by the way. Thank you. I'm really impressed. And Josh, I, uh, I'm just meeting you, but obviously I've seen you through the years. And when I just, when I started to see your guys' podcasts, I was like, good for fucking them. I was like, that's awesome. Cause I actually went on kind of a drinking journey about a year ago. I stopped, well, two years ago, I stopped drinking liquor. And then about a year ago, I really cut back in drinking and got in shape cause I was, I took so much Adderall through the years that when I stopped, I gained like 30 pounds. And so I've lost 20 pounds over the last year and got back in shape. So I think it's, and that's why I love spritz because it's wine based. <laughs> yep. And I, the first time we played golf, I was like, that's amazing. But I think the health journey, it really like changes your whole life. You start waking up earlier. I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about all of this, but. Yeah, it's well, a, the jo the fun part about Josh is he lost all his weight 20 years ago. And, he, <laughs> <laughs> and people, including you, still come up to him in the street and say, wow, you look great. And oh, he's like, wow. He's like, I I, he's like I've looked great now. It's very nice. nice. <laughs> Me, I, yes, recent big health kick. Started with a jab of Ozempic. Love then it. once I got down low enough, started taking a wonderful sponsor of the podcast that we absolutely love, Athletic Greens. You know what? Or AG1, excuse me. Cut it out, cut it out. They don't go by Athletic Greens. AG1, and I love it. And I'm amped and I'm ready to lift. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm a machine. I'm a you know of, what I was thinking? The only thing that would level up the Ozempic publicity game is if they start administering it with a blowgun. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just walking down the street, just <laughs> yeah. Like Can you, you imagine it. some big, huge, big boy? All of a sudden, you go up to your buddy. You're like, "Hey, Rick!" <laughs> like that would be you get hit with the Ozempic dart. <laughs> you, you do that, or you just have Native Americans with a bow and arrow, just like long, oh just like long range well, shooting, think, just like putting it in your bow, and you you're hitting people with Ozempic like I think thirty yards down the field. Full contact. Anyway, I've been flying so much that I thought about this the other day. Someone was standing in the middle of one of the walking sidewalks and like not moving over. And I was like, I should be able to just hip check them over the side. Yeah. And like someone was just walking in the city on their phone and I was, and they were like, like going diagonal into my path. And I was like, I should be able to just like cross check them and keep walking. And I just think that would be a fun way to live life. This episode of the Good Guys Podcast is brought to you by Caraway. Want to cook like Ben Soffer, celebrity chef? Want to slice and dice? Throw your onions, your gorgeous broccoli, cauliflower, anything that you can dream up in a beautiful uh, nonstick pan? Well, 
Caraway's got you covered. Caraway pots and pans. I have the green ones that you guys have seen in my cooking videos and I absolutely love them. One, because they're incredibly functional, but two, because they are just gorgeous. They're gorgeous, gorgeous pans that will make you feel great about cooking in your kitchen. Also, non-toxic Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like PFAS, PTFE, PFOA, or other hard to pronounce chemicals. <laughs> Easy cooking, ceramics naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter for slide off the pan eggs and easy cleaning. Slide off the pan everything, folks. These pans, nonstick, unbelievable. You wanna make a nice ribeye? Make a nice ribeye? You don't need a ton of oil. Just throw the cow on the pan. Caraway is unbelievable. And it's well-loved. Over 65,000 people have rated five stars about their Caraway kitchen. Now it's time for you to try it for yourself, folks. And again, I have it. You should have it. You will absolutely love it. And it comes with this beautiful organizational kit. There's like a holder for each one of your pans. It's just unbelievable. My kitchen looks incredible. Part to do with my wife, Claudia, part to do with Caraway. But you know, the combination is just too good to beat. So invest in your cookware because folks, I have, and I'm telling you, it's worth it. So visit carawayhome.com slash good guys to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash good guys or use code good guys at checkout. That's C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E dot com slash good guys. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Do you mind if I ask, is everyone on Adderall? Because you, you mentioned that you had been on it. I just feel like everyone's on it. I just told my parents that because my mom, so I stopped taking it after a shark attack in the Bahamas actually three years ago. It was quite- You were attacked by a shark? more. I, there were sharks in the water and I couldn't get down to warn my, so I had moved to the Bahamas for a little bit. And after taking the bar, and so I just kept taking the same amount of Adderall because it was like habitual. So that morning I'd woken up taking an Adderall for absolutely no reason other than it made me feel good because it's great. I mean, I, you know. I Because yeah, legal <laughs> <We get> speed <laughs> is sick. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. so <laughs> I like saw the sharks come up and I was on shark patrol and I couldn't get catch my breath because it was my first time ever seeing one in the water to get down only because the Adderall, anyway. I shouldn't have been taking Adderall if I didn't have anything to study for. So, and I had never filmed without it because it made filming so easy. Cause I was like, oh, I did like, if I didn't want to talk about something, I'd just take an Adderall and be like, okay, what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, who am I talking shit about? Let's go. So I stopped about three years ago and I was just talking to my mom about it. And we're getting to that phase in our relationship where I, like one of my goals this year was to be a better son. Cause like- like, I feel like I stressed her out way more than I realized, like in college, like, you know, I would just go dark or like not call her. And she was like, yeah, like I used to pray for you a lot. I used to be worried. And she's like, I'm just so happy to have you, you know, where you're at now. And I was like, mom, you're aware that like everyone takes Adderall. And she's like, really? Because she said something about Adderall. And we just had that conversation where I'm like, cause I can pick up on it now, like people in my life that don't advertise it, but like, in business and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that person takes like a lot of Adderall. Also, I take a long time to land the plane now that I don't take Adderall. <laughs> so, 
So you can cut a lot of my filler. No, but, this uh, is no, interesting. No, not at all. I, it, I agree. It's interesting. I think it's interesting. I think it is the obviously, obviously not medical professional here. Cannot speak to every case. <laughs> but in some cases I've seen where I've, I've had friends who, had, who were on it and got into that sort of habit of this idea that it just in quotes makes them better, a better version of themselves. And then for whatever reason, their insurance lapses, they can't get in contact with their dealer. Let's be fucking honest here. Yeah. <laughs> they And they don't, they get off of it and they can be rather charming. Like a whole different side comes out. And I, what I would say to all the people that are on it, and I would agree is we can tell, we can tell you're late stop. We, I, we, we can definitely tell. And what I'd also say is it's 100% this country's fault that Adderall is something right. that people feel that they need to take. Yeah. And the school system, because you said everybody takes it. And it's because there's so much pressure for everybody to be the exact same person and excel in the exact same way. And you know who does And there are certain people who are not programmed to be able to sit and study and retain the level of information that is required in school, which is what pushes so many people to take Adderall. Like I, there was a there was a year where I took Vyvanse, it's the same right. thing, but I took it because I was definitely not, as, I wasn't retaining information in the same way that I knew that I needed to in school. And then you take it and then it becomes something yeah. that you just like, you're like, oh, I'm so much, smarter on this well, you're smarter a in a different way into a page like riveting page turning novel you're like i'll read this entire science textbook yeah right. but you know who doesn't take adderall who kids who are prescribed adderall or ritalin when they were little they absolutely hate it oh you're saying oh if they were if they were young enough and they were prescribed it they don't take it or and, they're or they're on it forever or they're on it forever what's funny so this will be my first organic plug after writing my book called pillow talk the I've had some higher up celebrities and athletes come to me and be like, hey, and ask me about my like Adderall journey and be like, it affects my relationship with my spouse, it affects my relationship with my kids because of, you know, it, it makes you irritable and, it, and you're so in your head that you're not really present. And so they're like, are you as productive as you used to be? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, of course not. <laughs> like I can't do like three night all nighters, but I was like, but I'm happier. And I, my time is more efficient. And that's, that's the thing. I think you're also productive in different ways and you don't realize it. Like when somebody's on Adderall, they're very good at checking a task off like yeah. checking a box, right? And and moving through a list. Except the main one that you have to check off. Yes, that's true because you <laughs> save it for the end. But when you're not on it, I think that you're just a more creative person. You think, like at least for me, like my brain is not meant to to run at that speed on these tasks. It's just not normal. Well, that's it's hard to find the balance. Like I was allowed to stand at my desk as a kid, which I found out later in life. And if I was allowed to stand, like I could pay attention to what was going on. But if they forced me to sit, I was like a nuisance. Wow. Did you take Adderall as a kid? No. So I, I, my junior year of college, I went from academic probation to Dean's list because I discovered Adderall and my, my roommate like gave it to me and I called my parents cause my dad's really against like, like a normal person against like over prescribed like stuff. Yep. And I was like, Hey, so I found this thing that really helps me. <laughs> And they were like, Craig, we've always known that you could use medicine. You just never got to the point of needing it. Like I was able to, to get by. So I was like, I think it would just be better if I was prescribed it than 
you know, <laughs> getting it off the streets. So I got a prescription my junior year of college, crushed, like I went to Dean's List the second two years and then crushed law school. But it was, it was good at the time. And then, you know, it, it ran its course in my life. And I think that's one of the things with it is no one talks about it. Cause like, you're just like, oh, a doctor gave it to me. It can't be bad for you. But like people are like, well, yeah, it turns into a wrong. Uh, dude, I have a friend who's been on it so long. He's like, well, the doctor prescribes. And I'm like, babe, you're snorting it and you buy it from your housekeeper. It, we're past the doctor. Okay. <laughs> it, this is no longer kosher, my boy. Like, <laughs> Was Adderall even a good drug though, Josh? Like in, in terms of like the. You yeah. li oh, you like it's it. Oh, it's, I legalized, love, I mean, it's, awesome. it's legalized speed in the way that Oxycontin is legalized heroin. It hits yeah. all the Very same pleasure good. centers. Mm. Very mm. good example. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's like meth. Like it's, a, it's, it was introduced <laughs> actually as like a dietary supplement, like a weight suppressant. Yeah. And then they basically found an off-brand use to mm. prescribe it for ADD. Like Ozempic. Diabetes, now fat loss. I'm telling you. You guys see Oprah? Did you see Oprah? She finally came I out. I did she see that. It. Go, go, Ben. And She's, I actually have the article pulled up because this is why we're the best podcasters in the game. Go for it. In, in the game, in the game. And we're just so incredibly obsessed with weight. <laughs> but Oprah, Oprah finally, after going from a larger, beautiful woman yes. to an incredibly skinny woman, Everybody knew she was on Ozempic because that's how you go from being a larger woman to a skinny woman when historically you've never been able to be a skinny woman. Like it just, it is what it is. And we all knew she was on Ozempic, but for whatever reason, she would not admit that she was on gotcha. Ozempic. Much like me, Josh, I basically am Oprah. Me and Oprah are the same person. You're Oprah. Um, yeah, because I think- I'm Oprah. And she finally came out and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on Ozempic. And I think it's also important to note that she owns Weight Watchers, but Weight Watchers also just bought- a semaglutide company. I don't think it's Ozempic necessarily, but there's definitely something going on with her saying that she's now comfortable with the jab now that Weight Watchers is also comfortable with the jab <laughs> in, in their suite of products. 100%. Page six article says Oprah flashes toned figure after admitting to weight loss drug use while out in New York City. Totally. <laughs> and, and I think it's... It's smart. It's forward thinking of Weight Watchers. There's this line in the recovery game, because I'm a sober guy, where it says science may one day do so, but it hasn't done so yet. Right. With like getting sober and like, you know, maybe one day there'll be some brain cure, but there isn't yet. But when it comes to weight loss, as we've seen right now, these kind of drugs can be really helpful. And I think companies like Weight Watchers would be remiss to not be open to it. So I think they, they right. bought uh, like a tell is it Golo? Uh, they bought like a telehealth company that okay. basically puts people, their members, in touch with doctors who can prescribe those medications. I didn't know you were on the sober game too. I use a an app. Hold called on, what does what does sober game two mean? Because you you just drank it in the middle of the podcast. No, oh, so well, I, so here I'll explain it. Yeah, there's an, and that's why this is so great because in the Bravo world, like I have a buddy on the show that's about to start his journey with it. There's an app that I use called Reframe, and it's not for getting sober, but it's about changing your relationship with alcohol mm. and completely cutting how much you drink. So like this, obviously, like supporting, <laughs> but would be my first without trying. This is probably my first drink in like 12 to 13 days, which I used to have like two glasses of wine a night. And sure. so now I earn, like I earn my drinks instead mm. of, 
it being habitual, especially with like filming and going to meet and greets and stuff. All I ever knew was I like, they were drinking events. And so like now I fly so much, I always had red wine on the plane. Like now I have hot tea or soda water. And it really, what the program basically leads to is you just stop drinking, right? So instead of having to like commit to being sober, if you're like, you know, it's different for everyone, you basically get to a point where you don't even care about the drinks that you earn. Mm. But like, yeah. That's great. I think, look, just because I abstain completely, like anyone who finds a new, like the app sounds great. Like I am such a big proponent of like, if you find something that works for you, that's amazing. Like I, so it sounds, maybe, but maybe I'll get the app and I'll drink a little. (laughs) But the the accountability, that accountability is the hardest part. And for me, (laughs) but no, but it's, it's funny because most people are like, that doesn't exist. You know, it's either all or nothing. And that always like kind of prevented me from even starting the journey. And so the app is funny because like, you know, a lot of times when people get sober or work, you know, start their journey, it's like, well, what happened the day before that? Right. Sure. Obviously there. And if you're lucky enough, it wasn't like a bottom. And so the app helps you stay accountable by being like, Hey, you're coming up on a period that usually for people would be, well, maybe it wasn't that bad. Mm. You know, maybe I overreacted. Maybe I jumped the gun and you can go back and like read your notes and Anyway. And it's called Refresh? Reframe. Do you own this app? No. Okay, cool. No I'm affiliation. And so anybody And that- it teaches you the science. Like all of a sudden, like your weight loss is, you know, you start to like, like your skin gets, well, not, it's, it's not rocket science. When you stop drinking poison, like your skin gets better and like, <laughs> not that it's poison, but you, you know, your skin sure, gets yeah. better and your body's- 100%. And so it teaches you the science behind it, which makes it a little more- you know, entertaining, but. And that's why Spirit Society is a wonderful low alcohol <laughs> alternative to the harder stuff. But it really is. I drank it on the way to Taylor Swift and I was like, I didn't realize it was yours at first. And I was like, this is something I can get behind. Yeah, it's light, Josh, a shame. But that said, you know, download the Refrain app and start drinking again. Yeah, maybe That's it'll the- help me get into drinking. <laughs> Listen, I've been, I've been chewing Nicorette for years with the hope that I'll get to a pack a day. <laughs> how, long have you, how long have you been sober for? 15 years. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Thanks. It works for me, you know. And I have to uh, recorrect. I have to correct, not recorrect. I have to correct myself on the last time I saw you on the screen because you're right. You are not big. I texted Ben, actually. I watched Red Dawn on a plane the other oh, day. Christ. And you popped up and I was like, this oh, is Christ. fucking amazing. I, I texted Ben right away and I was like, I didn't know your buddy was in this. I was like, I'm, I'm so locked in. Oh, he's in everything. He is an, he's an A-list actor, Oppenheimer, Nolan. He's gonna be the next Batman. That's awesome. God bless. God, thank you. It means so much. This episode of the Good Guys Podcast is brought to you by Nutrafol. Folks, it is what it is. Men, women, we're all going to start to have some thinning in our hair, some shedding. It's totally normal as we get older, but there are things that we can do to help combat that. And Nutrafol is one of those wonderful products. I've used Nutrafol, woke up one morning, saw that my hair was thinning, and like everybody else, did nothing about it. Thought about it again, a month later, looked, I'm like, holy crap, my hair is really thinning. I should probably do something about it. I've been taking Nutrafol and I've been absolutely loving the results. So I was really excited when Nutrafol wanted to uh, start sponsoring the podcast. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? 
If you're among them, you're not alone. Thinning is normal, but it's not openly talked about, and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. Join the over 1 million people that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthy hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off. That's $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com, that's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and enter promo code GOODGUYS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. Dot com promo code good guys. That's neutrafol.com promo code good guys. Craig, do you mind if we get into like, I'm sure you've talked about it at nauseum, but I'd love to hear a little bit of the origin story about like, I mean, my God bless my sister-in-law, Taylor O'Brien, shout out, who has sent me a list of questions for you because she's such <laughs> a big fan of Southern Charm and, and everything you do. But I'd love to hear how you got into the, the Bravo verse. Yeah, it's actually... When I wrote the book, I knew that NBC was going to have to screen it. So I was basically able to be open about everything and then be like, well, I'm not going to get in trouble because NBC is just going to take all this out. They actually left the entire casting and foundation of this story in, which was cool. And it was the first time that I had gotten to talk about it. And I really haven't talking about it in interviews. So that's a good good thing for you <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, um, clip it. <laughs> so I was in my second year of law school. And I got a Facebook message from a girl that I had known from college. And it was like, she was like, Hey, I work for a guy that's coming to film a docu-series in Charleston. And he needs someone to show him around. If anyone finds out a docu-series is coming to their town, it means a reality show is coming to their town. They just call it a docu-series. And so I took these guys out for like a month Excuse me. There it is. <laughs> so I took these guys out for like a month and they were footing the bill for everything. Like we'd go to the bar cause I was like 23, 24 and I had gone to college at Charleston. No, I was 22 or 23. I had gone to college at Charleston. So I knew the area, like all my friends were the bartenders. And so we just partied for like a month on these guys dime. And I truly thought I was like consulting for them basically as a party guy. But what I didn't know is they were actually scouting me. And they just did it under that guise. And so the show had been sold to Bravo, but they didn't like the people on the teaser reel. So they sent character scouts to Charleston and kind of in, incorporated themselves into the city, which sounds like a fantastic job, honestly. Totally. To Amazing be like job. a character scout yeah. like that. And I was like, oh shit, this just got real. So I went and talked. So I went and did like an interview. I mean, I also thought it was bullshit. Like no one actually believed this was a real thing. We just thought these like rich guys had come to town and were like trying to hang out with younger girls. And then end up on Pornhub. <laughs> it's a destination so for many of us. I, I'll have to find out if that's a, a inside joke. Or <laughs> no, it's just- Basically, you know, just, Craig, yeah. Pornhub is a website. <laughs> it's an aggregate of all the best pornography on the internet. And it's completely free. Yeah, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if we were on it. Yes. No. Um, is the podcast on Pornhub? Uh, <laughs> it should be. It can be. Well, so God, that's a weird visual. <laughs> so anyway, so I went in front of the camera, did some interviews 
And then I went and talked to my dean and she was an older lady. And she was like, look, Craig, like, unless you do heroin or smoke crack on TV, like times have changed. Like you're not going to go work for a defense firm anytime soon, but you'll always have personal injury. You know? Like you'll, you'll be fine. And what it came down to is I woke up one morning and I was like, what would I regret more not doing this and always wondering what if, or doing it and having to deal with the consequences later. And so I said, yes. And cause you know, it's a lot of times people are like dating, not dating two people, but they're like, well, should I pick Brian or Matt? And you're like, you know exactly who you want me to tell you to pick. And you should go with that guy. Anyway, I have that conversation way too many times, but <laughs> Five years later, I was in front of the Supreme Court of South Carolina, all five justices, explaining to them what a reality show was and what my relationship with some of the other cast members were. So, like to disbar you or be. It was so I had passed my bar, and you still have to get like allowed to join to become a lawyer. And they were confused. You know, someone had written in and was like, you know, I'm not sure if this is the best candidate for the South Carolina bar. So I just had to go and explain, you know, everything and be like, I'll never embarrass the bar. Like, I'm not going to bring clients on TV. And they let me in. Which a is lawyer good. in the same way, like a psychologist or someone like if you got a DUI or something, there's a chance that you could lose your license. Right. Yeah. So usually you have to go in front of the board if you had had a DUI or a drug charge or something like, like that. Like a character assessment. Yeah. It's character and fitness. Yeah. So it's exactly what it is. They just weren't used to, I mean, in South Carolina, there's not a lot of people on TV that are, are lawyers. It's not like New York and LA and, you know, times are changing a little bit, but so I joined the show and I, the sixth episode is when I made my mark and it's the first time I showed up to set and had been drinking and I kind of just went for it. Like I just <laughs> said what I would usually say. And there's this like dinner fight scene. And I found out, you know, later on that that's when they were like, all right, I think this guy's going to stick. Wow. And what's the Bravo, the Bravo universe now? I mean, when you see like BravoCon and I went to, I don't mean to, to brag, but I went to Kathy Hilton's uh, Christmas party. It was nuts. Oh, you were there. We, you were there. We were out there. No, I wasn't at the party, but my girlfriend Paige was being honored at a variety event. And so I saw, we were staying at the Four Seasons down there and I was like, oh shit, there's a big party going on down the street. Well, I mean, so we my, wife, my wife, Paige, in fact, was like, she doesn't want to go nowhere. She doesn't care about, she doesn't even care about me. But we got invited <laughs> to this party and she was like, we must go. And oh, that's I fun. have already contacted a babysitter. We are good. And it was, I mean, it, you know, the Vanderpump people who were, you know, a couple of them were friends with and some housewives and Kyle Richards and some of the real housewives of Utah that my wife was having a fucking meltdown about. Like people are obsessed with Bravo. Yeah. it's Well, I have to add to, I spent a lot of time Googling, should I do a reality show back then? And it didn't didn't produce any results. So I actually Facebooked Cameron Eubanks at the time from Real World. And I was like, hey, I have no one else to ask. Can I pick your brain? And she was like, I have actually been asked to do this show too. And then we decided to do the show. That was the, I had forgotten that part. But the Bravo universe, it's funny because I was just, me and Paige, my page. I don't know your page yet. You guys could wife swap. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. What a crazy show. <laughs> so we went and spoke to, we were asked to speak at 30 Rock at 10 BC's creative content team. And I was like, you got to start using us for more. I was like, 
like, I know you like keeping us in this bubble of reality TV, but like after BravoCon and just seeing the engagement, I mean, I think there's something more there, but I mean, the Bravo universe is just an incredible group, like a platform, like it's huge. Like your TV is either on ESPN or Bravo in a household for a lot yeah. of the people. And I would, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. Obviously it's been a decade. I started filming when I was 24, I'm 35 now. And there's been plenty of times that, you know, weren't ideal, but it's been great. I mean, BravoCon was nuts, you know, it was, it, was it cool. sounds like, and obviously you're under contract, so I understand you can't completely answer this truthfully, but from my friends who've been on reality shows, well, I'll tell you, so I, I'm, I'm hosting this cooking competition show, right? Best Bite wins for Roku. No big deal. We got Roku at the apartment. We, uh, That's right. Hey man, hosting is but, like, hosting's kind of a dream job. So congrats. That's great. Thanks. But I, I, my question was, so we're dealing with a bunch of producers who like are come from that world of reality shows and whatnot. And what was fascinating for me was to see these chefs as soon as the timer was on and the task was introduced, drama just emerged because people felt pressure and there were cameras on them. And all of a sudden people are, you know, within reason, it's a cooking competition show, right? But like, they're kind of lashing out at each other a little bit and people are getting emotional and they're like really feeling the heat. And I turned to these producers who have like worked in reality TV for forever. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And they looked at me and said, yeah, and we're not even evil. Like right. there's yeah. some reality shows that are evil. So, I mean, what's that like? How much are the producers kind of helping move things along? I uh, So I call it structured improv. Mm. I think the best example, and no one should, you know, no one. And if you got, if they got mad at me for this, they shouldn't because it's, it's true. Their job's to help tell a story. And so you know, if we were filming a scene for Southern Charm and we're in the middle of the season and the three of us go to dinner and we <laughs> and we talk about that one time we did a podcast together in New York, like it's a waste of time. Like, like we could talk about that, but we also have to address the big fight at the party last week. And we have to address the affair that's happening between our two friends. Mm. And so if we like weren't talking about that, you know, a producer might encourage us to be like, hey, that this is great what you guys are talking about, but also we'd love to hear your thoughts on so-and-so. Now, however you answer that and how whatever your thoughts may be are going to be completely genuine and 100%. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's some motivation, like a good producer will help motivate stuff. And that's just because of efficiency of time. You know, if you're not doing a surveillance show, you don't have the cameras all day. They can't wait for the three of us to get back in the car, play nine holes, and then be like, you know what? Actually, I thought it was pretty crazy what Emily did at, at the party. So they could, you know, or, and a lot of times, like you might be filming with someone that doesn't talk about relationships, you know, like my buddy Shep, I remember our second year, we were like hunting. We were shooting some bird. It's probably, a, I, don't, I never know what we're doing when we're hunting, but Chef's <laughs> a big hunter. And, you know, like he was dating someone new and I wanted to know if he had ever been in love and he didn't really want to talk about his past. And so, you know, when we're getting another beer or something, a producer might slide into Shep and be like, 
hey man, we really think you should open up about your dating history mm. and explain why that's important. So I, so yeah, but I mean, there are bad eggs. I mean, there's, there's a reason I look forward to the day that we can share war stories or they make us a, a show about behind the scenes because, you know, it's the production world's small and like, there's like, you know, one individual that I worked with that kind of shaped the way that like Paige gets like Paige and I love filming together, but she is like, she gets stressed out sometimes because she's like, you don't respect authority, Craig. Like you don't let anyone tell you what to do and you don't follow any rules. And she was like a good child. So there's like one, so there's a, you know, everyone has like a, a workplace persona. Sure. Like basically when I say like a producer would come in and maybe motivate something, like my reaction to that is going to be a lot different than other people. Is there a- Because I, I think I know better. Yeah. Than, you know. When but. we had um, my good friend Kristen Doty on the podcast and, and she illuminated something interesting, which was this idea of these producers, you work with them for years, you become close. They are your friends. They are people that you would invite to a birthday and that you would hang out with on, on a holiday or, but she said, but then there is the other side of it. Whereas like, if you said anything that you didn't want on TV, there's no take back. There's no version where you look at that producer and go, please don't air that or don't put that on. Now they might out of the kindness of their heart, just cut it out because they don't want you to get in trouble, but they might not. She's like, so it's weird having that relationship of these are people you do feel very close with, but you're not totally safe with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's also, there's gotta be a, a work life balance. Like when you're like, for me, like I have a great relationship with my producers, but that doesn't mean I'm a yes man, you know? So like we might butt heads when we're working, yeah. but then we'll be able to, you know, have a drink afterwards. Um, and I'm not ever going to take it personally, but like, yeah, like Stassi's wedding with that, we couldn't make it out for, which sucks. But like a lot of our old producers were there. And I know the Vanderpump cast is very close with theirs. There's to Kristen's credit, but to elaborate on that, there's it's divided very well. So like principal photography would be when you're filming once the camera captures that, it's no one's decision in that workspace what happens to that footage. You know, so like that goes to New York or LA and then those people make that decision. So there is kind of a, there's checks and balances on, you know, people not getting too close to each other. Got it. Now, like if you have a good relationship with your sound guy. <laughs> I was might- going to say, it sounds like Kristen needs the relationships that Craig has because- <laughs> You're saying, Josh, one thing, Craig clearly has a guy inside of Bravo where he's like, I, you can't hear <laughs> Your that. sound guy might you turn your volume down yes. a little bit and, and you Craig, might have and audio Craig, issues. And Craig's been through five sound guys, four happened to end up in the river. It's neither here nor there. But I know, yeah. I know an actor who was talking shit in between scenes in a car scene. He was basically, he was talking about the director of photography just like taking forever to set up shots and the lighting and he was really digging into him. And this guy's a real piece of shit and the actor, not the DP. And so clearly the sound guy knew that this, most sound people go by a code, which is if they yell cut, I pull down the the levers on the volume. Basically like I turn you off so that all the producers who have headsets on so they can hear while you're rolling that they can't hear your in-between conversation. 
Well, he left it up. And the director of mm. photography, he don't like this. He don't like all this <laughs> shit talking. And he threw the kid up against a wall. He wasn't a kid. He was like in his 20s. And he was like, listen, I don't give a fuck who you are. You're not going to talk shit about me like on my set. And I was like, that's awesome. We need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> more, more. More, more physical, physical altercations. Yeah, physical <laughs> altercations. Because you'll run your mouth until you get, well, until that happens. But anyway, I just did my first movie and it was a really cool experience, but it's called Tuesday's Flu. I had an organic tie into that, but I lost it. So <laughs> All right, well, we'll, we'll come back I to Tuesday's it. Flu. But, but, <laughs> but my What Are You Nuts, based on physical altercations. By the way, What Are You Nuts? I'm sure that you've heard the podcast, yes, but yes. it's people, places, and things, gripes with, just the state of the world and the way that we complain about people. But I don't know if this is specific to New York. I feel like it could be, but traffic cops in general mm. oh are gosh. the biggest what are you nuts of all time. But I recently, within the last year, I started to realize, you know, traffic cops have absolutely no authority. They don't have ticket books. If I were to flip them off, run them over, make a right when they're telling me not to make a right, they can't get me in trouble. They can't do anything. They wear a vest, but they have no power no, nothing. As your that, attorney, I would probably, no, or as an attorney, try not to hit them with your car. Yeah, yeah. But I, no. I really so this woman this morning, I'm trying to make a right turn. There is, I'm allowed to make a right turn. By the way, Josh, can you hear the sirens? A little, but I, it's a thing sometimes with your studio, but it's okay. Marshall okay. will tell okay, us it's if okay. it's bad. Okay, all right. So this morning with this traffic cop, I'm going to make a right turn and you can make a right turn. There is no sign that says you can't make right. a right I can make a right. The traffic cops don't get to determine street laws. The law is I can make a right. Just because this traffic cop today feels like I shouldn't make a right doesn't mean I need to make a right. I need to make a right. It's where I live. I said, ma'am, I live on this block. I need to park my car. I need to make a right. She's like, you can't make a right here. So I go to go around her because I'm going to make a wow. right. She literally lunges in Hell front. She lunges in, fr she lunges in front. She's like, you're not making a right, sir. I'm like, I'm making a fucking right. I live here. <laughs> Move. She's like, I'm not making a right. You're going to have to hit me. And so, of course, I moved on. I didn't make a right. I didn't run her over. And I didn't need the counsel for me to tell me that. But it's it's nice to hear it anyways <laughs> that I shouldn't run over traffic cops. And what all that I have to say is, what are you, nuts? I know that I've painted myself as the villain in this story. It's them. The traffic cops are the villains. They're creating traffic that doesn't need to exist. The fact that I can't make a right cost me 20 seconds, cost everybody behind me another light. Sounds like she's highly passionate. She is highly Great passionate for no Greg. reason. <laughs> Get another job. Highly passionate. Listen to your counsel, Ben. That's all I was going to say. Listen to your hired counsel. <laughs> we have a great legal I'm mind listening. here. Ruth, ba Ruth Bader Conover over here. <laughs> As a, RBC. a new New Yorker, kind of a minor New Yorker, I have been trying to figure out traffic cops because when we went golfing one day, you were you had a you were very passionate about it that day. And I've started <laughs> to I've started to pick up on what you were saying though. So like, I don't have the information to, to crap on them yet, but I have yet to see their influence makes. For, There's no positive influence from a traffic cop. There's no situation where a traffic cop goes into a place with traffic and makes less traffic. They only make more traffic and then all the places that need them, they're not there. Today and we're paying for standing it. in a lane and he was blocking the entire lane. I was very confused. <laughs> Very confused. So what do you nuts? My what do you nuts is, so recently I was with a friend who's in the restaurant business and, and he invited me to go check out his, his new restaurant. And I go to use the facilities and he's got a urinal there. Gorgeous, new, 
Toto. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if it was Toto. And what, what Ben? No, I, was just, I didn't know Toto made urinals. <laughs> I was simply going to, I was I curious. I don't think they do. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they do, then they have like self-drying wiener technology. <gasps> like if Toto... Right? Would, we they should that. have one, a little arm comes out and gives it a little shake. Because if you get that on your undies, I guess Craig doesn't have to worry about that. But when, <laughs> yeah, I got true. I, no I, drip. It's just I right gotta, into his socks. I have to really it just, pay attention to the shaking. Have you been on the new Japanese toilets that, that have the warm dryers and everything? Yeah, those are oh. amazing. Yeah, they basically wow. like talk to you. It's a weird, it's a, a very intimate experience with the toilet. Does it also have a bidet though? So it, yeah. it lubricates like, you up and then it dries you? So like the bidet thing, I don't understand when you have to go use a side one. Like I haven't used the the additional the toilet, classic like, when bidet, the Roman. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how that works. But the all in one I have, and it's it's very interesting, and you actually do get hooked. Yeah, wow. clean on it, so efficient. Toto, you got to get on that. Continue. Josh. So I'm using the urinal, and he's got the ice. He has ice at the bottom of the urinal near the urinal cake. I don't know if you guys have had experience mm. with this, but it's the best because now it's become a little video game. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna melt mm -hmm. the ice, melt the ice, <laughs> you know. So I do this pee pee, and for anyone who doesn't know, because I know we have a lot of female listeners, it's got to be the right there's, ice. If it's concaved, it can come back. <laughs> yes. It was, yeah. it's a big whiskey stones. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no. good, good. Yeah, that's fine. And at a lot of bars, there's ice in the urinal for you to pee. So I mentioned this to my buddy and he goes, you know why the ice is there, right? And I go, why? He says, because it encourages men to piss in the urinal. It gives them something to like target at instead of like pissing all over the floor. And I'm like, men, what are you nuts? Are we so despicable that we can't get our piss in the fucking urinal <laughs> that we need a video game to incentivize us to land our pee pee in the urinal? <laughs> Yeah, we're nuts, and I've actually seen that in bars. There are some bars where there's a little basketball hoop <laughs> yeah. at the bottom next to the urinal cake where you're trying to pee in the hoop. I mean, men are pretty dumb. I mean, it's funny because I didn't know what the purpose was until you said that, but it's very simple. And for maybe a female listening that's like, well, why would that work? Like, it takes something as simple as that to work. Like, I, I get it, and it works. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, men it works. Men can be uh No, we're disgusting. Pretty we're silly absolutely species. disgusting. That's it. We're gross. <laughs> we're so gross. We're gross. Craig, do you have anything? I I felt actually this is what goes on in in my head. I felt bad for some of how long some of my answers were and I feel like <laughs> your sister had other questions, so you can tell her I felt bad. I didn't know if she had a real juicy one well, that she I, wanted, I, but I, No, do, no, do you have a what are you nuts or no? Oh, is yes. It, yeah, how many Protests can happen in one city at one time. <laughs> Getting here was like, and I'm not saying that there aren't valid reasons, but when I just left our apartment, which is, we're 15 blocks away, there was three strikes or protests <laughs> on 6th Ave, three separate different ones. And I was like, I've just never experienced anything like that. And I was like, what are you nuts? <laughs> like- <laughs> People are trying to drive here. And the one I couldn't figure out, they were outside of a restaurant and said, we are willing to strike. That's what the sign said. <laughs> <laughs> they said, we are willing to strike. And I was like, this is amazing. But the, the signage didn't have what organization it was. 
And I like really tried to tell what they were threatening to strike. New Yorkers are very passionate. My favorite is you drive past, maybe it's a restaurant or a financial institution. You just see a huge blow up rat. I don't know if you've come in contact with any of those. <laughs> yeah. They're just a big rat. Yes. And you don't know what's going on. You just know that the guy in there is a scumbag. That's what they're trying to tell you. There's like a 200. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a 200 foot rat. And they're telling you that inside of there, there's a rat. There's somebody in there that's oh, a scumbag. Oh, I thought it was like an exterminator no. like advertisement. See, they don't even know. They don't even know. They're not telling you what they're fighting for. They're not pushing their agenda. The big blow up rat is to say that the guy inside of the jewelry store is a huge wow. cocksucker that doesn't pay his bills. Wow. I like that. May yeah. I, and forgive me, I don't know if my sister-in-law is being pretty aggressive with these questions, but <laughs> can, I, can I give you it's okay. two I, that I picked of hers and see, see how you feel? Yes. It would be hard to reinvent the wheel here, <laughs> but I would be impressed. Okay. I heard you mention a Shep. Did you actually know that Shep was cheating on Taylor multiple times, minus seeing what he saw at Levis Bar? Oh, this is a good <laughs> one because it. we just filmed our reunion this past week, which is always a heck of a day. We're talking about a long shoot. But this brings stuff up from two seasons ago. Yes, I did. And the the context to this is the first time or two, Taylor was made aware of the infidelity. She chose to stay with Shep. Mm. After that happens in a relationship, you cannot become the town tattletale. Mm. And that every time something happens, you run and tell your friend's girlfriend that something's going on. The reason being that I think if I think that you have a huge decision to be made when it first happens. But then if she's aware of it and she chooses to not do anything, then I don't think you have a responsibility to go back and tell, but yeah. You're not the cops. Right, I mean, I understand. that's, yeah. So you went one time, she understands, yeah. cheater. Like I don't have jurisdiction and, over, yeah. like, yes, unfortunately a cheater's a cheater. And, cheater's a cheater. Um, okay, of which, so of bad. which, not of bad. which we are not. We're good guys. No, we, we are the good guys. guys. I'm not willing to give up my sunshine to the spirit for a little strange on the side. I don't know about you boys. <laughs> Hell no. I've never heard that, but I like it. It's great. Next and final. What do you think of Carl and Lindsay's breakup of Summer House? That's a good one too. I'll tell you, they have a really good, you have a really good season of Summer House coming up. And I think what's funny is when the breakup first happened, Southern Charms press tour had just started. So I'm the first one out there from our show doing the press tour, everyone's question is that. So I'm commenting and everyone's like, why is Craig think he's the one that can talk to this? And I'm like, guys, what do you want me to do? Like, so my answer back then is the same now is that all, like everyone's questions will be answered when they watch Summer House. This didn't happen off the books. Like this was a, and it didn't come out of nowhere. And that was what I tell people is like, I don't have one side or the other, but I had great conversations with both sides this summer and that they had stuff to work through. And the nice thing is that it's completely internalized. Like only Carl and Lindsay were involved with this. They asked other people advice, but no one was really, no one was inserting themselves. And so you'll get to see the buildup to that, whether it's valid or not. And then you'll get to see the breakup. So I think it's going to be, a good season. And last year, 
there was a lot of infighting with like with the cast. I think this year it's more the couples arguing and more friendship and stuff. So wow. yeah, you'll get to see it all. Love it. Hot off the press. Can you imagine breaking up on TV? I mean, like, so like, do you watch unscripted TV yeah. as a scripted actor? I do. 90 day, I, 90 day fiance. I do watch unscripted. <laughs> I'm trying to think, well, you know, I like, I like, you know, old school, the Mount Rushmore's, the guy, the guy Fieri franchises, or as he would say, Fieri. The, the Mount Rushmore, Josh is Dr. Nazardin. Yeah, yeah. This is my 600 pound life. My 600 it's pound life. It's all the doctors. Life. Oh, that's God. a good one. It's that's a, a good one. Great Botched. show. Dr. Nassif, Dr. Dubrow. God, what a dream. I mean, so rich. Ugh. So freaking rich. Open invite to come so on the rich? pod, boys. Open invite. Yeah, and maybe nice they guy. do. By the way, that would have been great, Josh. Live cosmetic surgery for the under eye. I already from I know. Terry Dubrow himself. Imagine he did it live. Yeah. So I, rich. I, I yeah, I'm a fan. I, I do enjoy it. And then my wife will rope me into certain things where I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe. And and I'm the ultimate Jersey Shore fan. I've watched it since day one. I can't I can't yeah. walk away. So I finally good. just met, well, in passing, JWOW. But in a full decade of doing this, I'd never met the boys. And I was such a fan. So I still am of uh, Jersey Shore. But, but yeah, my I mean, the, I was just saying it because it's so normal to me now to like live out your personal relationships on TV. But being like commenting on it in this aspect, I'm like, it is kind of bananas that some of like the darkest times of your life are. <laughs> I can't even imagine shared with the world. Like a called off wedding is pretty serious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In another life, I want to work on below deck any, any season. I think having a job on a fucking cruise ship where you're hooking up, you're going to cool cities, you're working hard for like a week, then you're docking and you're crushing. Seems like an awesome time. You're blowing up water animals and flipping jet skis and whatnot. Sometimes the rich person who's booked to the cruise wants to sleep with you and you're like, okay. Seems awesome. You've awesome. thought about this. Yeah, I awesome. do. My wife knows. She, she knows what's up. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'll be the chef on the cruise. You can be the captain. You'll replace that old man. What's his name? What's the I older feel like guy? this is something Marshall Captain Lee. What's his name? Captain Lee. Captain Lee. It's Captain Jason's on there Does, now. Captain can anyone Lee. get close to Andy Cohen? I feel like he's a myth. Yeah, we lo I love Andy. Andy's great. Wow. He's uh, one of my favorite parts about doing all of this is the relationship that I was able to curate with Andy. And he's just as fun as, as And what's the know. introduction like? Like, we're here with Southern Charm. We've got your favorite no underwear wearing man. It's Craig Conover. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something snarky. That was good. Yeah, that was good. I was going to say, Josh, when you were delivering the questions to Craig, I knew you were doing your Andy impression. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was actually just, we, we don't know him, but we were just at Jingle Ball. Mm -hmm. We were the only people that weren't 14 <laughs> besides Andy Cohen. And Andy, and Andy was in front of us wearing that like farmer outfit that he just got dragged on, that he commented on on like page six or whatever. He like wore like, it was like big baggy blue jeans and like a full, like checkered farmer, something that Josh would wear. Right. Thank you. It's like, guess. <laughs> but uh, he does seem just fantastic. He does. Andy, if you want to come on the show. Hard worker. You just let us know. You guys, yeah. Next time I go and watch what happens, you should come. Ugh, the dream. Great.
Let's Craig, do it. thank you for being here, man. This was great. Is there anything else you want to plug? I always forget, so this time I will, listen to our podcast, Pillows and Beer. Maybe we'll, well, I say maybe. We would love to have you all if you ever have time to come on to Pillows and Beer. And SewingDownSouth.com. Check out the home decor company that, you know, is uh, that I started a couple of years ago and is continuing to grow. Maybe some last minute gifts. But uh, yeah, if you want throw pillows or blankets or whatever it may be for the home, Sewing Down South. Have you ever met a more confident king? We, we're incredibly confident. Just saying, the man just started a, an empire of home decor. It's unbelievable. Like the way that I'm jealous, I can't even tell you. Josh, you want him to send you a pillow? I'd love a pillow. Yeah, I'm definitely I, 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 I agree. And no cap, as the kids say. You're very impressive, Craig. No cap. I mean, you're a lawyer. You're a reality sh- reality TV star. Your businesses are crushing. I'm very impressed. And you know what? You're a mensch. You're a nice guy. And and listen, if we ever went to dinner together and we bumped hips and I knew that I was within, you know, eighth of an inch of, of your junk because you have no underwear on, I'd be okay with it. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's good. That's definitely going to be a gradual change. In my We're going to get you some underwear, but I, uh, you should get a check from someone. You might yeah. as well do that or just put them at Sewing Down South or something. Make it, make them like hand knit panties. You, you crochet your own mm-hmm. panties. That could be the, I, I love yeah. it. I mean, I think the journey, it's time to start it, but I just can't imagine having like anything on, on like a four hour flight. And, and I can't imagine having my nuts up against my <laughs> jeans. So it is it, it, to each their own folks. This has been wonderful. Five out of five, five stars. Rate if, it. If review not five it. stars. What are you nuts? Send it to a friend. We need more friends. You Thanks send for, it to a friend. The friends and you know, you're going to get someone over. Pop ought to be like, I really don't like Shep on his show, though, and click one star. And you're like, that has nothing to do. Don't do that. Nothing. Don't you us. take out your nothing. Shep so, anger so, at us. Yeah. Nothing. So give us five stars. Even if you hated Craig, still five stars. It's us. He's yeah, here yeah. once. He's, He's here once. Don't take it out on us. I'm just kidding. Craig was fantastic. This is my hat. And that's his good guy's hat. Look at this hat. Look at this guy. He's promo. It's fantastic. You guys have all received your, your merch. I, we're loving it. Look at this sweatshirt. It's gorgeous. I'm so warm. For whatever reason, today in New York, it's 55 degrees. 55 degrees. What are you, nuts? It's middle of December. It's I'm boiling hot in here. Five stars, because anything else would be a complete tragedy. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.